0: Warning, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are based on psychic impressions and true life events that may be potentially frightening and or disturbing to some viewers. Any of the information that is shared in this production should not replace the advice of medical professionals and is intended for general purposes only. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello everyone welcome to lights at midnight podcast last episode we brought on our very first guest dead serious investigations now in this episode we are going to be continuing the conversation that we were having with him and we are going to be talking about haunted objects and some various other things that he wants to discuss so without further ado here we go <laughs>
1: One thing I wanted to get into is um, is with haunted objects, how basically someone like an individual like me or you or Emily would look at the object versus an average person. The average person would look at the haunted object as an object or just, you know, like if it's a doll, they look at it like a doll, but they feel, you know, intimidated in the moment being by the doll that someone's saying that is haunted because they don't really understand what's going on and what you don't know, you fear the most, right? But yeah. someone like yeah. us, me and you, we look at this doll as an actual conscious entity. in it. So be, with that awareness uh, brings confidence. So we're kind of already self-aware of what's going on, what could happen. Um, so with that being in place at the moment of dealing with an object like that, um, there's that heavy sense of understanding, especially if you're visiting or dealing with an a haunted object um with this intention, it's extremely important. And um but most definitely with um when it comes to like handling and care with with a haunted object, um respect replays it, it respect plays a big role in it. So um whether good or bad whatever the intention is with the object, Um, you want to make sure that it, uh, I highly recommend keeping it behind a glass case or any type of closed-in case. Uh, It's better really to allow it to have a view um, at some points because you don't want to close it in for long periods of time because then you kind of, you're going to battle it out with that because they kind of do... They like the attention sometimes. And when you allow the attention not to cause havoc in your house, but just to kind of let it know like that, you know, um, thank you for staying put, you know, like, uh, just little things like that, you know, like, thank you for not, you know, causing havoc, um, you know, just little compliments and stuff. it not like you're going to, you're worshipping it or anything like that. I'd definitely forbid worshipping a haunted object. Right, right. That's
2: not <laughs> you know, really so, well.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, but talking to it, uh, it sounds a little silly, a little crazy almost, but it's something that's actually pretty necessary uh, with, depending on the kind of severity of the object.
2: Which is interesting um, because, like, it goes back to what I was saying at the beginning about facets of people and egos. It's like you're feeding its ego.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's weird. Exactly. I don't know. I just thought about it like that. It's, you know, this is different aspects. hard objects is not my forte. I don't have a ton of experience with them, mm-hmm. but yep. this is new. Like, this is new to me. It's given me a definitely a different perspective, a different understanding, even mm-hmm. more of a respect than I had. So, yeah, it's amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been, uh, quite, uh, interesting learning process, and, and, you know, the, uh, process for me as well, uh, over the, these, this course of time, and, um, I've, I've always been kind of just drawn and fascinated to what makes an object haunted, and, uh, how does this happen, and, it, does it really happen? Or is it just Hollywood? Is it just like, is it just people, you know, uh, their houses are haunted and they think it's the object because the object intimidates them. I've always been fascinated when I was younger of finding this out. And then, you know, this happens in my life where I have all of these haunted objects now. yeah, And, yeah. um, and I think it's all been led to a purpose. Exactly. And, Divinely and,
2: dead in a way.
1: Yes. So, and when you, I really think about it, that, you know, this huge collection that I have already, um, or, you know, I, I don't live in a big place, you know, so, you know, I have a pretty decent sized collection for wh- where I live and it's properly taken care of, I, you know, and how I feel in a very, very well way, in a way that I feel that, I think is divinely protected um because if not uh I w- probably wouldn't be in the state of mind that I'm in now. I'd probably either be losing my mind or I probably would end up in some freak accident um I probably there's several things that could go wrong, but this doesn't make me invincible to these things at all it doesn't right anybody is vulnerable i'm vulnerable at any moment the problem is is what do you bring in your home because what do you bring in your home with these haunted objects your objects are going to react to so if i bring some bad you know energy home it's going to be a chemical reaction they're going to be few they're just going to be you know, a bombshell.
2: It's a lifestyle.
1: Yes. Can so, I- yes.
3: So, I don't know if it, if one of those dolls has like a funny personality, but and I was telling this to Chastity over chat while we were buffering while we had the little break. Um, I don't. I heard Claire cognizantly. I don't know if you thought about bringing in a Chucky doll. But somebody's making the joke that you should be you should bring in a Chucky doll because that would be ironic. <laughs> and that wasn't something I was thinking about. <laughs> it just popped into my head out of nowhere.
2: <laughs> Have you been looking into Chucky dolls to be bringing them in? <laughs>
1: yeah. That, that would be. I'm pretty sure if I invested in a Chucky doll, it'd probably be the real Chucky. <laughs> they would like, turn into the real Chucky, like, being yeah, by be my be <laughs> But yeah, wow.
3: one of, one of the—I don't know if you have an earthbound spirit there with a sense of humor, but that's what oh, I heard.
1: probably. I I have a I have a quite a few stuff. I do have also some objects that aren't dolls that are very definitely, indeed, possibly have some interesting things on them. Um, I have stuff that do belong to places that are from the 1700s that have been used like actual music instruments that were from the 1700s and um, Bibles that are from uh, the late 1700s and early 1800s. uh, Actual Bible, I I call the death book because they use this particular Bible. It was only assigned to priests only they use passages in this this book to read to people that have you know died and they would read these passages to the person that died so i'm thinking about how much residual energy has been absorbed in the fibers of that book for the people that have just passed and they're reading this book to them yeah yeah you know so when i touch this book I, I there's a lot of heavy energy in it <laughs> just yeah. you know flipping yeah. through the pages and you know, of course, kind of have to be delicate because the pages are very old. But um, there's a lot of energy in that book, and I have it. I presented it on one live, and um, but I keep that locked in a, a this leather suitcase that I have, and along with a bunch of other stuff, and it's kind of bound in there with some protection in there. And um, so I, I have a lot of stuff that also isn't dolls. Um, I even have a uh an antique um water canteen um and I've gotten things that like said soldier a lot and I'm wondering if that canteen belonged to a soldier. Very because sorry. I kept seeing this pop up a lot on my ovulus. It said, soldier a lot. And I'm like, I w i am like thinking to myself, I'm like, I don't have any dolls that resemble a soldier. Um and why would a soldier spirit want to be in one of these dolls? But right. I'm like, I'm right. I so do have a yeah. soldier in my mind. And I'm like, but one thing I do own is this antique water canteen.
2: Yeah. And regarding the Bible um, that you have, I would assume <laughs> too, this is assumption not only would it be the past spirits, it would be the mourners and all their suffering and pain that's been poured into those words as Mother's they're read
1: yeah oh yeah and i think that it's all been absorbed There's a lot of residual energy in those in those pages
2: yeah that's i mean that's fascinating it's how it's like how we leave an energetic imprint it's like leaving pieces mm-hmm. of our life and ourselves along the way and this that holds a reference to anything that we do mm-hmm. and our, that's yeah. how we leave our energetic imprint it's literally like our thumbprint
1: yes it's you know a part of us is on that how much energy we put into the that object yep
2: everything i mean what would you say that like that drives you to keep going like what is the main thing that drives you to keep searching and like we're discovering and
1: learning i think the uh the thing that drives me to all that you just said is um is raise raise in uh, intuition. It's, it's boosting intuition. It's boosting information. Uh, the more I look into this, the more I, um, I start really keeping my focus on what I'm doing and not pushing myself in directions where I shouldn't go, but what my intuition's telling me, the more accurate and cleaner my information's coming in and um the more interesting finds i beginning
2: um i mean we can't wait like i'm so excited to see what where you're going with everything i mean i know you have a lot of content out but like when this stuff really drops like it's going to be yeah. amazing
1: it, yeah that's why when i was like thinking to myself cuz i had a lot of stuff already like you know really done up very well and put together and then i have kind of um had to correct a lot of stuff. And then I had situations where, because when you're dealing with stuff, very genuine and dangerous stuff like this, there's some stuff where, that'll happen where they start manipulating your content and, I, and my software. And I've lost my content and had to restart a few times.
2: Yeah, that's, that doesn't surprise me one bit because that's exactly what we were dealing with is like we thought we lost it or like my volume was too low and then we did lose it. Then it was just me on one end and her on the other. And then finally, through the grace of our protectors and God, I guess, it come all together and we were able to get like an hour worth of you know, stuff that we needed to open it. It's not going to be an hour long. It's probably going to be like ten minutes opening, but still, mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. Like it's yeah. there's something energetically there's a there's another force at involved here around what you're doing too. It's like a looming yeah. kind of feeling for me. It's always mm-hmm. around, always present. It's not a hundred percent omnipresent, but it kinda is. I, that's the only way I know how to describe it.
1: Yeah, there's it's there's like a force out there that is trying to. Um, stop me from disclosing the disclosure of a lot of this stuff, uh, and I and when some, and the reason why I say and when is because, uh, there's times where it's everything is just fine, it's just certain moments where it's just nothing but problems with it, and like there, there's things where all the uh, clips of these segments in the investigation would be shifted in weird ways. And the audios were shifted and everything would be slightly off. And this would be hours upon hours to fix. Wow. And, and it would be frustrating because, you know, when you're alone in editing a lot of the stuff, they spent hours and hours and days and days and everything just gets flip flopped and shuffled like a 52 car pickup. It could get very flustering, yeah, and it wants to do that because it also feeds off that, That'd yeah,
2: mhm, and then it just mocks yeah. you,
1: and because yeah, it just <laughs> wants you to give up
2: exactly, no, I agree, I. I have had the similar situations happen with, you know, not necessarily haunted objects, but just in general with, you know, just other stuff with spiritual things that I've dealt with. Yeah, it's crazy. You've got a lot, I mean, a lot of stuff to really, I think, bring to the table and to share with people. It, it's really great. Like everything you've said has been pleasantly surprising. It couldn't have it couldn't have been better. Honestly, Thank this you. couldn't have went any, any better. I couldn't even imagined it any better. And it's a...
1: Thank you.
2: It it's great information. Like, it's just, it adds even more to than just people see a haunted doll. They're like, Ooh, haunted doll. Let me watch. You know, it's not like that. And it's so great to have a perspective, Mm
1: -hmm. intellectual
2: perspective, you know, from this point of view. So, I mean, it's been great.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. You know, it, all this stuff, it, it just, it shows, you know, opens the eye of the, intelligence in haunted objects and you know and people have to understand there's intelligent objects or intelligent haunted objects and there's also residual haunted objects and um just like haunted places you know but an intelligent haunting or a residual haunting yeah and um you know most of the hot the objects that i have they're they're they have this high intelligence with them and this high intelligence comes with, you know, a lot of other entities involved. And all these entities that are speaking through this object are also getting information from others that are that are um, intertwined with them or connect interconnected with. And um, so it's almost like like a chain, like you could, you kind of get when especially when I get the uh, spirit box freed with them, there's a lot of. Personalities from one object sometimes that'll yeah. come through, and that's because, like I said earlier, there's some enti- there'll be many entities in one object.
2: Exactly, and that's that goes back to the fact. I mean, I've thought about that, but I haven't deeply, deeply thought about it on this level. And then when I started seeing like the doll and switching faces, because not I didn't just see the doll switching. But I saw the faces over the doll. It was like static in between, but it was happening so fast. Like I really got a, a intuitive perspective on this throughout this conversation, and it, it is mind boggling to be honest oh
1: yeah i've had i've had uh I've had nightmares with that doll before in the past where I've gotten drunk out of my bed and into the living room, and um everything's dark, and I look b- behind me where I was being dragged to when I finally stop being dragged, and I turn around and it's Pam, the doll, sitting on the couch, just looking at me. Oh, <laughs> just sitting uh, yes, there. <laughs>
3: um, oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, um, oh, yeah. my guy just told me that, mm-hmm. like, when we talk to um people and we're giving them a reading, Chastity, yeah. and how um spirits piggyback to give messages, they're doing the same thing for you yeah. with yeah. the dolls. And when you're recording, I just heard that they're saying that, they're piggybacking off of each other to um, relay information to you because they're trying to communicate to you. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That just yeah, that
1: doesn't make sense. You know, at, at that ex- during that experience, when I turned around and saw that doll sitting on there, it also came with this gut-girdling growl that rattled my organs, Ugh. and that's what woke me up out of my sleep. That's
2: terrifying.
1: So it was kind of like um the sound kind of resembled like uh, a really fierce water boil, but in your you could feel it in your stomach. And then it, it just came out like with this along with that water boil with this er at the at the end just as I just before I woke up. So it came up with this gut girdling boiling growl and then with the err at the end of just like that. Like it was something very big.
2: Yeah, which would – it goes back to the whole kind of like an omnipresence, like it's all around. Yeah. For me, that's how I, I feel about it. That is – that's an experience. When you – I've been picked up out of bed, and it's kind of been like a dream but kind of not. So I mean I know what you're – that same experience. Emily, I'm pretty sure you've said you've had the same experience, and that's not fun at all.
3: Nope. It's terrifying. Yeah.
2: It's, it's um. really bad. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there is, uh, another experience I'd like to discuss also. Um, I forgot to bring this up earlier. Sure. Um, there was a, so this experience I thought was a dream, but it wasn't a dream. And I know it wasn't a dream. And, um, this was the, the only other paralysis state I had. Remember, I said I had the one where. I seen that dark cloud over my head and then the one where I was wrestling with that demon in my bed. So this is the other one that I was that I left out that I was going to get to it, but I forgot to. But this is it. I was in a paralysis state, but I woken up from a dream. So it felt almost as if I merged in from one dream into another dream, like my dream was interrupted. And I entered a new dream, but I don't think that this was really a dream, though. I um. I was in bed, and I couldn't move, and my eyes were drawn to one area, but I couldn't really move even my eyes. My eyes were being directed, and I was kind of being forced almost in a way by something to look in the corner of my room by my door, and there was something standing there, but I couldn't really quite see what it was yet. And as it started emerging more, when I started to be able to see it more, as I'm not blinking, watching this manifest in the corner, it had this naked body with no genitals, very, very slim, skinny, um, very tall, but it's kind of bent over like it's shrugged, like like, like it's, sh- it's short, but it's not short. It's actually really tall, but stood straight but it was so hunched over, like it was short. It was probably hunched over to about five feet. But if it stood straight up with its back straight, it would be way over my threshold of my door. Wow. And it was so slim, the body looked so frail, like I could blow it and it would move it back. It I've was seen so things slim.
2: like that before too. And,
1: yes, and the head, it had this cone shaped like head, oval head, and it had these big, huge almond eyes. Very long extended neck that I would say probably the neck had to have been at least a couple of feet from where the, the base of the like where the chin began from where the you know the torso was in the head. Very long neck. This thing looked something straight out of like what you hear about in alien abduction stories. Yeah. It was disturbing. And you could see like the bones, like the, the bones on the back when it's hunched over, you could see like, like it almost like a stegosaurus because you could feel like the spine is really skinny. And, uh, but it came really close to me and it put its, it put its hand over me and I still in this paralysis state. I can't move. And it, puts its hand really close to me, just before it touches my body, I felt, it felt like everything fell. Like my organs, my blood, everything in me fell through the bed, like almost an escape. Like, I don't know if it was my star body escaping this thing. And I woke up to that falling feeling where everything was falling out of me. Or did it abduct me? I don't know if there's a missing time or what happened in that situation. It's it's just a question mark right now and it has been since then.
2: Yeah, so I've the only thing I can relate to that about you saying you were in a dream, but in a dream, every time I've been now Emily's more of the astral uh she has a lot more astral experiences than I do mm-hmm. personally, but when you're talking about dream within a dream, that's when I've actually had like 100 percent astral experiences where they're very vivid very real and you're going from like it's like you almost for me is like i wake up and i'm still in the dream and i'm in the room but stuff's different and i've actually like rolled out of my body that way so it's a different feeling sometimes i've had astral experiences where i'm light as a feather but then i'll have them to where it's like almost i'm trying to move my body so that to me, it sounds like a hundred percent like an astral experience where yeah you actually woke up in something that is similar to you see in the insidious insidious movies like in the dark mm-hmm. that's like yeah. That realm
1: yeah uh, and I almost had kind of some other theories like uh like maybe a possible parallel uh dimension like a, a like a slip a parallel slip yeah where I my star body was actually in the parallel version of this universe and like so where everything's mapped out the same but it's there's small differences and um there's also you know different it, it, it's a different dimensional um uh ability uh type realm this the this this other uh almost replica universe that I that I was in possibly was just another Almost replica mapped out area of this world, but somewhere where our star bodies could travel to. Yeah. um, Yeah. And I think that, you know, this is something that could possibly happen in um, just while you're fully awake, just a a slip through a a parallel universe by mistake. Yeah. Where you slip in and out, and that's that could cause what people refer to as like glitches in the matrix this could be a parallel slip
2: it's a very valid interesting theory like it, yeah. it makes a lot of sense it truly does to me and a person that's experienced stuff like that like i can mm-hmm. see i can see what you're talking i see this thing creeping in your door i mean this thing the way you described it and the visuals i get from it it's 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 something it's almost like it has built its um, image of what it wants to portray to people as humanistic, but it's about as humanistic as it can get type thing. That's how I yeah. feel about it. Mm-hmm. Ooh.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah. Cultures. laughs> yes. And so you know, I've I've had also some a lot of dreams where they're extremely vivid, where you could Feel the cold ground, the cold concrete where you're stepping at and you can feel the, the air where you're at. You feel everything going on. And then I start to have these conscious thoughts in my dreams during the moments where I know I have, um, you know, these conscious abilities. Where I could traverse through walls, I could make things levitate. I could levitate my body, and I was showing it off to people. I'm like, look, look what I could do, and I was like, causing my body to levitate off the ground. And I was like, like look, I could like make myself, um, you know, turn my body this way while I'm floating and float over you and stuff. And people were wowed about it. And I had all these abilities. And I had dreams like this where I'd wake up in my childhood house and automatically knew that I could just, someone was at the front door and I knew that I could just run through those walls and get to the front door really quick. Like I automatically knew I had these capabilities.
3: You're astral projecting 100% because this is exactly what I experience on a daily basis. And when you're like, okay, so when you're on the astral realm, it's possible to dream while you're astral projecting at the same time because I've mm-hmm. done I've done it multiple times so it's weird for from what I've picked up when you're on the astral realm it's like there's a separate um, I don't know if it's like a separate um, dimension or realm that your consciousness goes to but your astral body, is still on the astral realm but your consciousness travels to this other realm or dimension simultaneously yes. um mm-hmm. i've spoken to Chastity about some of my experiences where i'm doing both at the same time but it's very like dreamception or kind of of a feeling to it but yeah you're 100 percent astral projecting without a doubt and i noticed too like you say you get you you come to this place that's identical to the like the earth plane um -hmm. that's also another um there's another in the astral realm that's just another Mm -hmm. facet of the astral realm because the astral Mm -hmm. realm is made up of many realms it's not just one Mm -hmm. realm exactly yes
1: so uh, so just it being, you know, a duplicate of our universe is just one possible realm.
3: Yeah.
1: That, yeah, that like makes sense. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I, I've always kind of thought that I just, you know, you saying that, you know, is good validation to that. Mm-hmm. You know, that, you know, as an experiencer doing that yourself, you know, to hear that from you.
3: Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely... astral projecting. And that's why you're seeing these entities when you're in a sleep like state, because it's like your body might not or your body is asleep, but your mind isn't. It's kind of like that in between Chas and I talk about a lot. It's like you're you get to that spot where you're not 100% asleep, but your body's asleep. And that's when you typically experience most of the stuff so you're gonna hear you're gonna see you're gonna feel the most stuff and that's part of the reason why you're gonna get a lot of um what do you call it the paralysis stuff is because Mm -hmm. you're more conscious and more aware in that state and they know it freaks you out so that's why they Mm -hmm. do it then and that's why you're gonna see a bunch of creepy ass shit is because Mm -hmm. they know you're more aware in that
2: state
1: Mm -hmm. Exactly. Spirit just told me this too,
2: and this may be true or not. This is what I just heard from my guides. This, Mm -hmm. what we're talking about, is much more common among people that are quote-unquote starseeds. Yep. Oh, really? That's what I just heard. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, this is all... All this technically is our personal experiences. It's theoretical, yeah. but at the same time, though, like yeah. I trust my gods enough, like I'm pretty sure yeah. you're a starseed. You're going to experience mm-hmm. this more than somebody's that's not a starseed.
3: And through all the readings yeah. I do on my lives, right, all the people that I have spoken to on there have literally the same experiences with what I just said and with what you just mm. said. And they're all starseeds because I noticed a lot of people, a lot of starseeds tend to attract one another. And you're going to mm. find out that you're going to come to meet people and they're going to be just like you because they attract each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, I definitely could see that.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, the that is like amazing validation, though, because you know I've had I've had these kind of things happen to me throughout the years, never understood it as much as I do now. But now that I, the more I've understood it, the more it's happening.
2: Yep. Yep. that's it's become you know i can shut i can't necessarily shut my abilities off but i can have normal days like living in the present i guess you could say and just being human but Mm -hmm. i can't completely just turn everything off even if i try yeah it doesn't doesn't work that way
1: yeah i uh um oh chastity i had something that i wanted to tell you what's that um so, you know how you messaged me and said something about that, uh, how they, when you stare at an entity, it kind of comes in layers of, uh, breaks down in layers like an onion. Yeah. So, it's crazy that you said that because when I was a child, when I was being terrorized by the attachment that I had, by, you know, being tormented by these, these entities, these very dark entities, um, one, during a paralysis state climbed up on my bed and actually was over my body, like, uh, like on top of me and looking at me really close and then start ripping at its face, taking chunks of his face off. Like I was about to see something like it was changing. It started like literally it starts shape shifting as it was like ripping its face off. That's crazy. It was turning into something else. And when you were saying peeling in layers, is it possible that this entity was ripped? pieces of layers off and shape-shifting so I could see what it really looked like, so it scared me more.
2: Yeah, that's kind of how it is, it's like, because we can get psychic impressions of things, and we can be as validated as possible, but really, at the, end, at the root of things here, there is a a part of trickery, master, you know, they're masters of trickery, you know, yes. and they're going to do whatever they can and present themselves to you, however they can, to get that mm-hmm. response, that energetic yeah. emotional response. So mm-hmm. yes, and it takes a while to be able, and sometimes like even when I'm psychically looking into things or intuitively, however you want to say it. I'll mm-hmm. see just black shadows, and I can choose whether or not I want to peel back that veil and that layer. So it's very much, yeah, it is interesting because I had wrote. Um, we were talking about how they know consciously that we were going to do this before we did, so things were already starting to happen to a degree. And yeah, that's what I was saying. It's like an onion. They very much so.
1: Yeah that that I right when you said that I I wanted to save it for the podcast. I didn't want to tell you right then. That's awesome. But, uh, yeah, I wanted to save it for the podcast and say that because it just validates kind of that, that memory because it made me think that, you know, either two things, either this thing was peeling off layers and shape-shifting into something to be more frightening to me, or it was peeling off layers because there was something divinely connected within me that was allowing me to about to see the true form of what this was.
2: Probably both. I would say it would be a mix of both.
1: Yeah. That's and, cool. um Yeah, during those moments that same year, um, so the age between seven, the age of seven and and ten were probably the most highly frightening activity in my life uh, with paranormal activity. And um, seven, my appendix bursted out of nowhere, which I think it had something to do with something that was... Uh, dark that was that did that to my organs yeah i think it literally did that to me um and these these strange things would happen to me out of all the siblings in my house um however my brother did uh at the age of 17 get he got uh bit three times in one night by a black widow in the bed um, in that house and he had to get rushed to the emergency room like it literally was under his pillow he had three bite marks on his arm and it came in threes you know yeah so that the, there was black widows everywhere in the house but no other house on that block was they didn't have no black widows inside their house like we were the only house that was infected with black widows the way it was and this is a sign that you know because demons could and They manifest pests in the house.
2: Oh
3: yeah, especially spider
1: entities. Mm. Yeah. So, and (laughs) and I'm not saying that spiders are bad. I'm just saying that they can use this to inflict fear, though, and to also try to harm. So, this poisonous a spider that's got venom can you know be life threatening if bitten. So it could use the bug to, you know, actually physically harm someone.
2: species like considering the species that it is they normally will not bite unless they're threatened and if you're laying there absolutely still and asleep the likelihood of them biting you is is very low
1: that's what i'm saying like it's so bizarre and then how did it get under his pillow right like so it's like i I was i've been always baffled about that how they, they said to check the doctors called the house and they said check his blanket check under his blanket check everywhere we lift up this pillow and there's a black widow flat as a pancake underneath this pillow that's i'm like how did it so he did in his sleep did he tuck the black widow in for sleep underneath this pillow after it finished biting him right like it doesn't make sense i'm like how did it get there yeah that's that's (laughs) now did y'all
2: have a move did you move when you were around that age to this house y'all like lived somewhere before and then moved there
1: yeah. Uh, um, so I was, I actually moved there. I didn't get to have any memory before then. Uh, I was like, I think that year I was born, my parents moved into that house.
2: Okay. And you eventually moved like out of this house or out, have they always yeah. lived there?
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I eventually moved out of that house and, um, we moved you know, like a, like a town over. It was like, not that far away, but this was we ended at up moving age? away. What age? A teenager. I was, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I was 14. Yeah.
2: And so once you moved from this location, would you say that they kind of like the, the experiences somewhat stopped, but then you started making more like p- poor decisions or something else? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's when I think uh, when we moved away, it was almost kind of like, like a uh, revenge on it for leaving to influence me in ways. um, And I think that's where it validates the attachment that um, where it kind of agitated it in a way too, because it wasn't going to manifest where I would see it as much, but it was going to invisibly, invisibly attack me.
2: Right. That's what I felt. I felt like there was a move a move involved that either triggered it or a move involved that transitioned your life into something else. That's why I asked. I could kind of see it in a way, mm-hmm. more or less just a knowing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So as you've moved throughout your life, it's kind of almost in a way stuck with you. You've just transcended your own spirit and your mm-hmm. abilities enough to be able to keep it behind. Like let's, this is just a word uh, behind you. That's not really um, – the proper word, but the best word I can explain it as. It's almost like it's at a distance, mm-hmm. but it watches.
1: Yeah, it. That's crazy that you said that because. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. Look, because uh, when uh, so on an investigation, I did capture through the spirit box. It because I asked uh, spirits if they had anything else they need to say, and it said still there, and then it said watching. <laughs>
2: Yep, so. that's exactly what it's doing, and that's that is your initial origin. So you know, like we said, we name this season origins, and that is your pit, that is your point, that is your origin of everything starting to happen. Happen. It was at this house. It was this place that already had something, and not necessarily was the house, but it was the land itself. hmm And you know, they they hang around. I mean, they're. I'm not going to even say it's the land, but it, there's something that attracts them there at that place.
1: Yeah, and that's where I think that uh, you know there was that's that's always uh, been a thought to me. You know, is there was something that was triggered there that attract the attraction of the place exactly like you're saying because there really wasn't an, a history. I try to look up some type of history that happened there. But that really wasn't, yeah, and so I've always asked, I've asked several mediums, and um, yeah, they even said there's not really a history there, but but their feeling is that there's something that was done there, there was something that happened there, something that attracted,
2: yeah, and I'm going to say that it was probably more, I don't even know if it's considered ancient but the first Mm -hmm. years i've heard our first year i could think of 1700 1700s Mm -hmm. and it Mm -hmm. has to be something else i don't know if that's any validation to anything but it's something around the 1700s i would assume and even the energy is even more present though the energy is older than that but the action Mm would have taken place in the 1700s because i'm assuming this is west coast Mm -hmm. area you lived in yeah yeah so i mean as far as like white settlers, you know, we wasn't out there, but, you know, indigenous people were.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there could be something that is not documented. Exactly. You know, because, you know, uh, Native Americans, they didn't have documentation records for, you know, you know, like how we do in today's age, you know, they're not going to be like, uh, write this list down, this happened, you know, yeah. they didn't do stuff like that, you know, things would happen, and they would, you know, documented themselves as a a tribe. And usually a lot of that, things that happened with Native Americans were documented to themselves, not to Mm -hmm. the public.
2: And were passed down through generations. And then when, you know, Mm -hmm. things changed and there was all the wars and everybody come in and start taking over the land, that could have passed with lost.
1: Yeah, it lost documentation. Yeah, and, and I actually uh, spoke
2: about that in my, our last episode of how Native Americans pass things down word of mouth, and so many things are lost, so that's crazy. I, we literally just talked about that in our episode three.
1: Yeah, that's a huge possibility, and that's exactly what I felt about Dire Lane, that there is a lot of undocumented history there that has exactly. happened. Because people are like – we all are baffled at what's going on there because there's something strange. I couldn't even get my damn drone off the ground there because wow. there's malfunctioning. So there's huge activity there that we don't understand what's going on but I think it's because there's more than even the murders and the uh satanic rituals that happen there there's more than that. Yeah. There's a reason why there's UFOs attracted to that place too. There's a lot of stuff going on there that uh that's almost kind of uh Skinwalker Ranchy type situation.
2: Yeah, I have a theory about places and like it there's I like I want to get in documentaries myself, you know, on my mm-hmm. own time and I've developed a theory about why certain serial killers are all attracted to the same areas and why they mm-hmm. dump or just in general killers, they dump bodies or bad things happen there and it's kind of giving me that kind of vibe.
1: Yeah, those kind of fault line areas or ley lines. Yes, that's exactly yeah. what
2: I'm researching too. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I've been kind of looking into that too, and there there's a lot of ley lines, <laughs> and it it's it could get really uh, overwhelming looking into it because there's so much connectivity with the ley lines.
2: Yeah, I was going to actually ask you that, like, earlier on when you were talking about the Dyer Lane. I was going mm-hmm. to ask you if you had any knowledge of that being a ley line area.
1: Yeah, that was one of the – actually, one of the beginning things I looked into, no ley line. That's the mysterious part. Hmm. But then yeah, it has all this mysterious activity, but no ley line on it.
2: Very interesting.
1: Exactly. So that's where I'm saying, like, it, what happened there? That's Something's not documented.
2: Yeah. Certain parts of the land and the earth is just, quote-unquote, tainted. Yes. Certain places are just tainted, and we don't know because there's been many, 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 many years. It's like I'm from – I call it we call it Appalachia. We don't call it Appalachians. We call it the Appalachian Appalachian Mountains. That's kind of the area where I'm from and my
1: mm-hmm. and some
2: of my ancestors are from. I am got a lot of Cherokee in me, so it's like a, this place hasn't been underwater, they say, in five hundred million years. It hasn't been cleansed by the ocean yet. Type yeah. stuff. They're so the place they it is haunted as fuck. Well. I mean yeah. we just out here, you know, it's so funny. I've been telling Emily it's like people out here there's not a lot of places to ghost hunt and there's not places that are set up to do that type of stuff because Mm -hmm. around here we see something crazy we just like all right let's go get the cat inside we didn't see nothing we just gonna shut the door and go have a good night y'all now here all right (laughs) we'll see you later all right you stay out there and we're gonna we gonna stay right here (laughs) (laughs) so that's kind of how the the nature of the people around here are because you can go up to like the northeast and there's like Haunted places here, haunted places there. No, not around here. Not where I live. We're like, we ain't fucking with that shit. No, mm -mm. (laughs) mm-mm. So, um, yeah, but there is a, I do live close to one of the murder, uh, like the big murder uh, family stories, the Lawson Family Massacres. And Mm. yeah, so that's super close to my house. I've actually known somebody now that is um, related to him and like she's had paranormal experiences and actually... (laughs) That area is a totally ley line area, and in that area is where I experienced my like real deal attachment from my ex husband's family. They are from that area with the ley line, with all that, like so close by. So, yes, I think it is area dependent, like, there is so much to it. Oh, wow! Yeah, I mean, that's kind of my story, you know, and how it and that's one of the other things that I'm trying to like do. It's just so much, it's so intensive, and like. You know, you just don't have but so much time in the day.
1: <laughs> wow! Yeah, speaking of ancestry, uh, you know, through my father's side, I am uh, related to three of the most famous witches from the Salem Witch Trials: John Proctor, Sarah Osborne, and Sarah Good. Rad, on my uh, aunt. Whoa. Cool. Um, also my ancestry through my father's side does go as far back as 900 BC. And, um, there, that's as many, that's, it even goes further than that, but that's how much of the files that they've gone through.
2: That's amazing.
1: So, um, there's definitely a lot of iconic figures that have been in my ancestry and, um, very interesting enough. Is that some of my ancestors, I've looked into some of the, uh, like, portraits of how they looked. Um, they, some of them actually look a lot like me. It's almost kind of a reincarnation of me. Almost. Yeah. It's weird. And, like, seeing some of them. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of them would have, like, a longer hair version of me. Is It's very bizarre. And um, so... When I'm looking at my ancestry, though, it really makes me wonder, you know, that this could also be a huge key into the paranormal activity in my life of why it's so driven to me too. not only these ET groups, but look at my ancestry. Yep. I mean, there's I've I also have a lot of iconic figures in my ancestry that's done a lot of bad things. So there could be a lot of karmic. Things that have happened because of some of my ancestors that did bad stuff. And because I had some executioners in my family and my uh, ancestry too. Yeah, so but those
2: spirits they, kind of like secret. Like secret.
1: Yeah, so I probably have some not-so-good ancestors that may haunt me sometimes. And, and or um, some of the uh, karmic balances that have to be, you know, realigned. And you know because of what some of my ancestors did Mm -hmm. and and that's one thing that i do you know try to you know work on is you know uh re or, or correcting my karmic balance not just based off you know good deeds and you know help to raise awareness and you know consciousness and uh but you know to also just uh, that's basically as I'm doing my meditation work is in breath work is also, you know, trying to rebalance my realign align myself, rebalance my, my karmic balance and fix that, you know, and yeah, it's, it's extremely important. And, um and that's where I, I, you know, I do make sure I followed the laws of correspondence because it's, you know, it makes a, that's the big role in the karmic part of life right there.
2: I agree with that. And there's a lot of people that study it. So uh, what is it called? It just left my mind where it's um, ancestral curses Mhm. that goes into that type of, you know, that realm of things and thoughts and stuff. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. there's so much that we just don't know, but that's why, you know, there's people like us. There's been, to me, it seems we've had the whole, so planetary astrologically speaking, we've had a come, uh, the planet uh, Neptune has come back around and, and when the first, so in like 1847, the spiritual revolution, the same astrological alignment has actually come back around as of this year. So we have so many more people waking up to this fact, just in a, in a more ascended level, I think you know and there's just so many more people since 2019 and 2020 that's when everything kind of started happening with me even more and I decided to embrace my abilities to protect my family because my ex-husband kind of had some issues like reoccur with the haunting that or the attachment that had died down and then I was spent like 2020 20 trying to learn how to defend myself and my family because we were separated I had you know moved on I have children and I can't I can't be having all that, you know. (laughs) Like I had to do something. It's evolved into this. So definitely can relate. Just different kind of just a different path and a different subject.
1: My first paranormal experience was as almost as far as I could remember, but I can remember as far as two years old. A very long dis like long term memory. Um, oh, but my as far as paranormal activity wise, five years old.
0: Okay. okay.
1: So, um and that was through answering a telephone. Well, I was playing with the telephone and something was talking trying to speak to me through it. And it wasn't a person because I punched in a bunch of numbers on this phone and I would hang it up and press a bunch of numbers again and I probably punched like 20 numbers in there. And then I heard, like, the, the phone didn't ring or anything. It just immediately, like, this voice, this woman's voice came in and said, hello? And then it said, again, it went, hello? Like that, like calm. And then I said, hello? And then there was this loud, I don't know if you, you know that sound of when a phone call has been disconnected and has that loud sound. Yeah. Yeah. It did that. Like after she said hello twice and right when I said hello, it did that. And after that day, hella stuff, hella activity was happening at that point in my life after that moment. And I felt like it was almost like um, me and, picking up that phone and doing that and then that voice coming through was kind of like the telephone line of it coming from their world and our in our world yeah Yeah. it was kind of like you know following traveling through the telephone
0: um that really
2: makes me think about the electrical issues that we've had since like we started you know announcing and just trying to record makes me wonder you've had stuff like this happen your whole life now pretty much so yeah. i wonder yeah. if that's the direct connection that we're having here is this <laughs> source of uh your you know this your starting point and that's just fascinating truly like i really mm-hmm. feel that the it, once we said dead serious investigations it was on like donkey kong <laughs> you know with stuff like that
1: mm-hmm. uh, yeah and that's why I kind of took using a name like Dead Serious because, you know, this is some stuff that should be treated seriously. And, you know, I'm not just serious. I'm dead serious about it because I have to be. Yep. You know, it, you know there's going to be moments where it may seem a little bit cheesy in the moment. But when you have reactions to certain things that are happening at the moment, of course, it's going to look like uh oh um you know that it's, it's kind of funny the way it looks but in the moment it really wasn't funny at the moment for us but of yeah. course we'll kind of have our laughs like damn like we like damn dude you were scared as fuck <laughs> you know yeah oh I get it I get it So but um yeah so you know during my childhood I I mean, that's not near like the scariest thing that's happened. That's just that didn't even really scare me at the moment as a child. I just didn't understand what what happened, you know. I but I knew that that wasn't normal. Like you know, it, you know, I said hello and the woman didn't say hello back and said it did that.
2: Yeah, that's that's crazy. So yeah. I would assume that. Do you consider yourself an intuitive or a psychic or um, self, something such?
1: So. Uh when it comes to that, I definitely have developed an intuition over time um and my awareness level, my confidence level, my knowledge um but uh the medium that I normally go to she told me that i she wouldn't really say I'm psychic so I could roll that out however she said she said this this is where things get really interesting about me is um, and it, it still baffles her is you know don't get, she said you know don't get me wrong my awareness of my my what I was saying you know it's up the roof and that's kind of where I've developed it to where I I'm starting to which almost every you know living human could do this it's basically allowing yourself to get to allow your yourself to raise to that level of that knowledge and intuition. Um, But this is where things get very interesting. And actually I was planning on getting to this too, um, is she said that somehow I am connected with some ET groups.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: So because of this, there is a possibility that, uh, this is, she, it was beyond even some of her understanding. Uh, but she, uh, she did recommend me to go to some people with ESP to talk with them so they could help me with some remote viewing with what, uh, particular ET groups that I'm connected with. Um, but she was like, yeah, uh, You need to check for some... She said there should be uh, a mark on your body. She said, look for it. She said, it's disguised as freckles. I was like, oh, this is interesting. I was like, Oh, I see
2: where this is going. Constellation or something. Yeah.
1: (laughs) She said, uh, it's in a perfect triangular formation. It's just a perfect little triangle. And it's just standing alone by itself on your body. And I was like, okay. So I go home and I look on, you know... Below my rib cage, just below my bottom rib, there is this perfect triangular formation of dots.
2: Interesting. I would so the blanket term for that would be starseed, because I definitely figured out and I've been told that I'm a starseed as well. It's like we're mm-hmm. sent here to do this type of Something, work because work. we have the ability to to do it and translate it for people that need this understanding.
1: Yes. And she said this is this is the that uh, usually the sign of the touch of these those groups that I've been touched by those groups or tagged basically as you know that I'm working with these groups, and um, she said you may not have memory of this, but you've been up there and there's missing time.
2: Wow. I, I mean I'm totally I get it like I totally understand what you're saying and I agree mm. that a lot of different souls evolve from different places. Mm. Yeah, I see exactly what you're saying. That's that's awesome. Mm. <laughs>
0: awesome. Yes. Were you gonna say he's clairsentient? Uh I I mean, uh, go for I was it. I would say he's clairsentient.
2: Produce... Very possible, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. you're
0: clairsentient with just listening to you talk about this stuff and how mm-hmm. your body reacts to it automatically is very similar. How my body reacts to it. So the fact mm-hmm. that you get anxiety, that you get sweaty palms, that yes. you, know, you get burning eyes and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're clear sentient.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would not be surprised. I don't doubt it at all. Um, And, you know, this is, I'm starting to find, I've started finding out a lot of interesting patterns about uh, within myself and, um, and finding out, you know, the whole, you know, connect connection with these ET groups would make a lot of sense in these patterns, considering the fact that when I'm out investigating, I'm investigating in areas where I get some kind of interference with um, spirits that kind of feel out of place in these areas. And when I mean interference, I mean that some of the spirits that are there because I'm there. Yeah. And um there's some pictures that I posted on Instagram where these entities in fact resemble something extraterrestrial in nature.
2: I'm seeing portals. There's like portals that they open up and come through yeah. when you're doing certain things.
1: Yes. Yeah, I see I get, it. Yeah and uh my Ovilus box th- it likes to tell me portal a lot and yeah they they come in and out a lot and i've seen i've not going to lie to kick it i see little ets and they have this kind of grayish skin complexion and they have they 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 have these almond shaped eyes but not really kind of like the uh the big Insectoid eyes, like you would see on like um, Unsolved Mysteries or X Files or anything like that. These are just they're they're like our eyes, but they're more almond shaped, and they're they look like kids, and right. they they actually they come usually near my, my the threshold of my room, and their eyes are black, like solid black. But then there's eyes within those those like it's a lens. Like is kind it of like a
2: galaxy? Um, eyeballs like galaxies in a way
1: uh it's it's more i can't even really see what it is i just see the flicker of the eye blinking within those lenses but i can't okay. see what the eyes look like and um and it's i've rarely gotten to see them like face to face usually they're always around on my peripheral vision okay and Um, and then they will be super clear on my peripheral vision. And as soon as I move my eyeballs straight forward, they're, they're just gone quicker than I can move my eyes over almost. And, um, they usually kind of like look over each other's shoulders when they're peeking through my door, almost like they're kind of just watching me to make sure everything's okay. Yeah. You know, like they're just kind of keeping an eye on things and they're like two and a half to three feet tall, very small.
2: Do they wear like any type of the you see like any like astronaut type based clothing? Does it look shiny or white, or does you see any type of clothing on them?
1: No, they're uh, the any those type of species that I've seen that I was saying about two to three feet. They're just nude. There's no genitals, nothing
2: just interested and in wondering if you saw anything else that's that's really
1: yeah,
2: fascinating. I mean, that truly that is. I know there's a lot of people out there that have that experience that. A lot of people. That's a whole other, you know, subject of it's similar to what we're talking about now too, but it's like there's a whole world out there of that kind of information too that I would love to dive into at some point.
1: Yeah, and and here's the thing, when it comes to extraterrestrials and spirits, a lot of people don't really look at the big picture with the two. Yeah. That they correlate perfectly together because they understand each other. They actually traverse through each other's realms. They're they're very interconnected.
2: Yeah. I have a picture uh, down the road that oh, I won't touch on it too much now, but it's the fir- one of the first pictures I ever noticed. Um, uh, images in that I want to share with you, particularly, and me and you have to talk about it off okay. uh, off the record. Like I think you'll be like whoa, fascinated.
1: Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, they. I think that also when I'm when I'm out in the field on these investigations, um, I think that there there's a couple of theories of how I've been capturing so m- much stuff and such little amounts of locations I've been to. Um, This is why I've been spending a lot of extensive time with um, investigating all of this very thoroughly before releasing stuff. Because, like I said, I'm looking at the big picture of stuff because if I release something, there's stuff that I've released that I'm going to have to kind of recap on in the video segments of more stuff I found out about them. Um, wow. you know, because it's, it's getting the knowledge is, and here's another thing. Uh, I kind of cut myself off right here because this is important. Um, I have to say this. Um, so when, when I had these visitations, um, up there with these ET groups, according to what I was told by the medium, she basically is explaining that. There's a huge possibility that the times that I may not have any memory of being up there or wherever I was to visit these groups, but I have subconsciously taken in information from the briefings from these groups.
2: Right. I, I can see what you're saying. Cause I have times like that when I channel and I don't remember my channels yeah. and it's like the info, but I have all this plethora of information that I can talk hours and hours about that. I just, I don't know where it comes from, but I've had, yeah. So I see what you're saying.
1: So there there's those moments where I could swore that I got some information and yes, I get a lot of information from a lot of books, and all you know, my research and stuff, and my findings and, and experiences. However, some of this information has uh, some missing key ingredients to them to them all. Sometimes, and some time sometimes I come out with the answer to all of them uh, very quickly uh, out of the blue one day, and it's like, how did I? just automatically knew this in the middle of a conversation or explaining something to somebody. And I don't, I'm not saying that to that person, but in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm like, uh, Oh my gosh, everything just kind of made sense to me just now. And it's those moments where I've received the information from these groups and my subconscious was able to hold that information for me. I just couldn't remember my visitation.
2: Yeah, I can relate to that totally. It's it's like a download that you get, and it could partially be um like a you know clear uh, clear knowing, mm-hmm. basically too. Like I, it's a download, basically from what we would just blanket term spirit. So yeah, I, I I feel that that happens to me a lot, but it's a different situation.
1: Yeah, exactly, and um, you know when I start getting more aware of. Um, that there's something about me that, you know, that that's different was um, I started getting these visions uh, just before bed. And I would spend a lot of extensive time meditating and um, by my altar and instead, I have two altars that I work with. And um, so I have my, uh, my altar with, I got my my horus altar, and then i got my michael altar, and you know depending on where i'm driven to what i when i'm you know seeking you know that you know that protection and you know that that increase of um cre- increasing that you know psychic growth you know i got you know the eye of horus and as well as reflecting back you know anything that's of like psychic attack or evil spirit or uh, or ill wishings against me, you know that's the altar I, I start seeking when I start to feel like you know I need to work with this altar. Yeah, so um, I start getting these visions where I start seeing these spirits with my eyes closed, not with my eyes open. So I start seeing what looks like they they come in a form of like smoke. And then they disintegrate. So they'll show themselves and I'll see the face. And before I could see the face, like, and remember the face, it disintegrates. And it kind of has a shimmer to it.
2: For me I have yeah, I understand exactly what you mean. I've seen those most of my life as a as a medium, even before I knew I was a psychic medium. Mm-hmm. And they'll come in the form of either gray, black, or white
1: mm-hmm. mostly
2: in those forms. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'll see multiple people and yeah, that's very much an intuitive, uh, clairvoyant yes. thing. Yeah, I, absolutely.
1: Yeah. I started feeling like I activated some something within me uh to Start experiencing that within since I would say uh, early October last year or the end of September last year. So it's about a year I've been experiencing this. And it was after the first night I investigated Dire Lane. And uh, mm. yeah, it was very bizarre. And um, I started really, that's when I actually during the time I started really getting heavier on you know practicing meditation and and healing work with myself and actually even sending healing you know and cleansings elsewhere to people uh like you know just just the uh putting all my energy and thought into sending it elsewhere even if it was vast distances i would still ask for it and um, and i think you know I, i I really studied, you know, how and learned how the law of correspondence work. And I working with that, I, I think I've also increased that awareness to activate something like what I've been experiencing. (laughs) And, um, and like I said, these smoky apparitions, I start actually seeing these faces that look, um, some of them this may sound cheesy but some of them do look very ghostly looking where they have this long jaw drag and it kind of like their jaws kind of break apart almost because it's like smoke Mm
0: -hmm. you know
1: what i mean it kind of like almost like the this is where it's going to sound really cheesy kind of almost looks like the scream mask (laughs) where it has that long open mouth and but then the jaw just drops
0: because yeah.
1: the, the mouth opens too wide but it doesn't know when to stop and then it just kind of breaks
2: i've seen or, stuff kind of like great. that myself and emily she she experiences the same exact thing so i mean we okay. truly understand yeah. what you mean it is it is nuts so what i was gonna say yeah.
0: was when you were talking about how like it's gray black and like it kind of fades so when yeah. i do my youtube lives right i have to wear a blindfold because i see that but it's hard to do it in the light so i have to wear this blindfold so i can see it so that's how i see it a lot of times especially when i'm trying to go quick on my live to do these readings for people and the thing you're describing with the scream mask looking thing i see Mm -hmm. that often with people sometimes Mm -hmm and mm-hmm. yeah it kind of it goes so fast and um, yeah. i have to have a pen and paper with me when i do it because it'll go so fast but i'll be able to catch it enough and remember yes. enough to where i can draw it but, yes it yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah it it almost like this this is a very common entity that i that i've seen that i was describing it almost kind of resembles the the perfect phantom in like movies, like yeah. what you would see in a, a scary movie. It would, it would resemble the perfect phantom look is how to describe it. And, um and I've seen several other faces. I could go on and on of different types of beings. I've seen, I've seen faces of uh with human bodies, with the heads of lions. I've seen even entities with the heads of look, they look like dinosaurs. Mm-hmm oh wow! yeah i saw this i saw this, and I saw entities that resembled gray e t group um, some of them uh there was some a lot of them that i didn't get very good vibes off of um, some that uh, may be neutral, but i didn't really open up to it because i didn't trust it um I know, I do know that there are several ET groups in gray species that are malicious and do work with reptilians. Um, and that's usually the Orion groups. The Orion groups are, uh, definitely in connection, deep connection with reptilians, like the Dracos. And, um, and these, these entities I've seen with my eyes closed and I know that I may be, these ET groups that I've connected, that I've been connected with, however, I've been cross-connected with these malicious ET groups in the past. And I think that's this is where the attachment has happened in my childhood is because of these groups that tried to influence me and attract these lower realm entities to cause havoc in my life. And the more I've connected myself and allowed myself to connect with higher beings and these benevolent e t groups, the more the malicious e t groups has they're losing their connection with me. if that makes sense.
2: it does It does me so,
1: because with these malicious groups, um they work with demons. reptilians and these these hostile e t groups, they understand demons. And they want that they want and use the same stuff the you know people's life essence their their fear, their anger they feed off it as a source of food
2: Yeah, their energy they want the energy
1: yes so they it's easy to say for you know th- this is a really good possibility that these negative ET groups in the past and in my past have used and worked with these demons that were corresponding to these groups uh to inflict havoc and fear and anger in my life at an early age and they have been feeding on it as a source of food yeah and they do this with a lot of individuals on earth
2: i agree I can agree with that, and it's a different perspective than I normally take, but I am aware of how Mm -hmm. the interdimensional beings in general, how it all does correspond, and they know how to work with vibration and energy way more than the human species does. I do know that for facts. It's my fact.
1: Exactly, and they'll take full advantage of it. Yep. So, um, And, of course, there's also – And depending on certain situations, and many situations, doesn't always involve ET groups. These are. This is just an example of a situation that is extremely possible to take place of why an attachment has occurred with someone, unexplainably.
2: Yeah, that you're from. Basically, your spirit, soul, your your actual. Spirit body is from somewhere else, and it could—I mean, this is a theoretical point of view. I'm just pointing out—you mm-hmm. it could mm-hmm. be enemies of. Yes. You are at a core.
1: hmm I'm, am I, am, I am a threat, and especially when you guys were talking about like star seeds, um, that star seeds are extreme th- threats. So they're going to do anything they could use in their power to stop a star seed.
2: Yeah. And a lot of people that have – I have a theory. A lot of people that have very bad dependencies on really, really hard things or they can never get their life together, they're actually very bright-lighted people Mm -hmm. that – not everybody, but it's just a theory of mine. Like people – I've seen it actually in my personal life where something attaches because the person has an origin of such, and then Mm -hmm. they – it wreaks havoc in their life, and they're not able to pinpoint it.
1: Yep and they take advantage of that and they'll block this person from understanding who they're actually connected with. Yep. Great. You know, and that's, that's happened in my life, you know, throughout my teenage years and my early twenties, um, I made a lot of bad decisions in, in my life and that were easily influenced by these negative groups, you know, stuff like alcohol and, um, I, I was really, really, you know, just basically just drowning myself in alcohol, uh, in my late teens and early twenties. And, uh, it, this, this could easily be influenced by negative entities. They drive off that stuff. So it's, it's a fuel for them. So, you know, when you, when you intoxicate yourself with the uh, toxic substance, they that leaves you in a perfect vulnerable state for them to feed off you. That's and exactly what happened. emotionally mm-hmm. attack you.
2: Yeah. I was the same way. Mm-hmm. So our stories add up there again. I did the same exact thing, and that's when I started experiencing my first actual attachment. I'd wake up with three scratches on my back. I was drinking heavily. I continued to drink heavily, but I also – this mm-hmm. attachment was from – I feel from my ex husband's family and a lot of other things I've, I've discussed before, but yeah, that's exactly the same thing. And in my early, in my late teens and in early into mid 20s, when I was 26, I quit drinking for the most part. I'll have a beer every now and again, but nothing yeah. like it was, you know. Yeah.
1: Not like drinking every night to basically not remember the day or night
2: yeah just to deal with things and that's that's when things really were bad and then I know during certain those certain times of me being so intoxicated that I wasn't myself I would make irrational choices fortunately I never got in big time trouble but Mm -hmm. I know that it did you know it did have a big part to play in what was haunting me so yeah I I get it
1: yep so you know it's when I add the the patterns of just not my studies um and knowledge and um you know my research and investigating but my life experiences of everything that I've mentally documented over the years uh it it all validates exactly what I've been talking about throughout this whole podcast
2: <laughs> it brings it full yeah. circle
1: yes so um you know, I've I've caught some things, you know, in photograph and on, you know, on Instagram, those, those photographs that, that I was explaining, these these faces that resemble extraterrestrials in nature, uh, reptilians, and stuff that, that seems more like out of a, a sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. You know, very, very bizarre looking faces. And, and then I got these ancient Monstrous looking demonic entities like that one that, um, the one you remember you outlined. Yes. Yeah, like that thing, it, it just looks something straight out of like a, a horror film.
2: Yeah, that was nuts. I saw it instantly and I'm like, I, I'm not the, like Emily's got me beat on the artistic side, but I could see it perfectly. Like it was yeah. crazy.
1: It's just it's like when you look at that, you just think one word, a beast. It was huge. Yeah. This thing had hella hell of heads, including what looked like a dragon's head at the bottom, as if there were just multiple entities stacked on top of a dragon, like the dragon was its mount.
2: Yeah. I could see even more. It, to, I see what you're saying now, because as I looked at it even more after I did that, I started to see more objects, like even stacks of horns, like you're talking about. I saw that. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. And those horns were big. If if you were there in person, to where you see the level where that barbed wire fence is, how it's like that barbed wire is up to like my upper chest point. I'm I'm just like, I'm basically six foot. So I'm like five eleven and a half. But if I wear my boots, I'm six foot. Yeah. When I'm yeah. investigating, I'm wearing my boots. That thing, that fence is up to my basically up my upper chest, almost collarbone. Wow. So and you, you look at the height of that those entities i mean that's a giant yeah
2: that was it was nuts it
1: was nuts like one head is bigger than our torsos i mean it's insane how big these things are and you look in the demonology and you look at like when you're reading demonology and you they start getting in the detail of like some of the size of these entities they're giants they're yeah huge. it's crazy um if you know, some people don't really think about that that these entities you want to see the real form of these entities they're huge
2: <sighs> yeah they're little, very... people don't understand this like they don't understand the repercussions of their actions without saying a whole <laughs> lot more and it's, it's dangerous you know it's just exactly. we really appreciate you coming on it's been fucking amazing um <laughs> i really i mean it's been fascinating to hear side and your perspective of haunted objects and even more of the experiences that you share found a lot of related you know related stories or situations and we i think we all learned something in one way shape or form through this episode um and i would just like to ask do you have uh any you know basically shameless plugging do you go ahead and tell us what you got for us
1: okay well um everybody could find me on instagram dead serious investigation underscore in between each word you could also find me on youtube just look up dead serious investigation you'll find me on there and you know i hope all this information has been helpful with everybody with haunted objects uh if you have any questions don't be afraid or shy to dm us on instagram if needed uh, if you have any questions, let us know. We'll answer them at the best of our knowledge. Um, I'm always open to take questions. So, um, yeah, that's that about it. Right?
2: great. Yeah, I mean, and I'll link all of his information down below. So there'll be links. You can just directly follow uh, him through that. And as always, we certainly appreciate you guys listening. Hey, if you have a haunted story you want to share, you can email us at lights at midnight podcast at gmail.com get in touch with us there we'd love to hear from you we really appreciate y'all uh hanging around and checking it out and yeah thank you so much we are super excited to bring you some super awesome content we really appreciate you guys checking us out
0: Thank you to all that took the time to listen to this week's episode. Your support means the world to us. And remember, all of us have the ability to shine brightly and shed positivity, even in the darkest of places. Stay safe, stay well, and light it up.